0: It's time to-
1: What's up? What's happening? Welcome back to episode 73 of Skates at the Stakes. I'm your host, AJ DeVito, and we're here one one day after the uh, <laughs> the fall to the Washington Capitals. We had a 3-0 lead, and we lost 4-3 in overtime. Feels really bad, feels really sad. A playoff-type game, playoff atmosphere. It sucks. It sucks. We'll get into it. Uh, Ryan, I'll kick it over to you. How we doing today, buddy? Hey, welcome back to
2: Skates of the Stakes. Uh, excited to have everyone back here. Uh, recording two episodes or two games after the last time the Islanders played. We also had a nice, pretty uninspired victory over Montreal on, um, I believe that was Saturday night. So uh, that that was pretty good. Um, but then. Yeah, no, uh, the Islanders uh, shit the bed against the Caps with the 3-0 lead and blew it, and uh, they got a point out of the game, which is all that's going to show on the record books. Like, if you had told me we are getting three points out of these games, I would have been okay with it, but the way they dropped a point there was really frustrating. But I'll kick it over to Jake. Jake, how you doing
0: tonight? Yeah, obviously, we were we were all together. Um, but yeah, um, obviously, blowing a 3-0 lead in a pretty much a must-win game, inexcusable, no matter how you look at it. We'll, I'm sure we'll break it down from each angle we can. And we have a Q&A. Um, so i will answer a few questions, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, talk about what's next. Yeah, you're
1: gonna hear some uh, background noise from me. I'm watching the Caps wild game right now. Three minutes left in the third period. The Wild are up 3-2. to two. Uh, Praying, praying, praying they can hold this lead. They won't. Uh, it's a Metro. They're gonna chop, so we'll see, but Regarding last night's game, or the Capital Islander game, to make it more clear, I was very happy with how everyone outside of Barzal performed. I thought Bo looked good. I thought Mayfield was incredible. Simon got benched in the third period. I don't know why. I don't know if anyone's really talking about that. I know everyone's talking about the devastating loss, but I, I haven't seen too many people mention that. He really didn't play in the third period, it felt like. Sorokin was fine. I really wasn't mad at anyone's performance. Do you want to get mad at Lane for what? I don't know. Uh, Overtime, once Peugeot didn't score that break lay, it was kind of bad vibes for me. I'm not really upset at anyone. I know everyone's freaking out, chopping for a rebuild here. Uh, I'm not too upset. I'm not going to start crying and asking for everything to uh, change. Fire Lou, Fire Lane grow up a little bit guys come on let's not be babies about it i understand it's a devastating loss but we have uh videos from our fan base going viral asking our general manager who's gonna be a hockey hall of famer by the way to trade for timo meyer and trade for bo horvat when that said person has done nothing more than be a gm on nhl 23 like there's a lot more into it than just getting a player, and I think our fan base needs to realize that a little bit. It's not as easy as everyone makes it out to be.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I was frustrated by the loss, as everyone was. Um, Normally, it's we let Sorokin down every night. Uh, Last night, we let Hudson Fashion down. Because he was incredible. Just, I, I had a friend in a Discord server I'm in saying, Ew, yuck, Hudson Fashing is one of the best players on the Islanders. But no, Hudson Fashing is, you know, he had an incredible game, um, deserved probably another goal there. But it was, we've been begging the Islanders to have stronger starts. That was kind of a big takeaway from our last podcast. I've been watching the FC Barcelona series on Amazon right now. And one thing I kind of noticed is, uh, Xavi always emphasizes starting strong throughout all, all of his. Um, this kind of team talks before the game. And it seems like the Islanders' the last two games at least have been starting strong. So they're starting to cure that issue and their arch rival of the first period. I mean, they started strong against Montreal and held on to those two goals all game. And then against the Caps, they started with two goals in the first and they got an early one from huts Dog in the second. And, you know, that should be enough to win the game. But then the Caps got kind of two spawny goals and a couple like. Not, not on Ilya, but they were floater-ish shots that just no one decided to step up and block, like no one got in the way of, which was frustrating. And then the Caps like basically dominated the last 30 minutes. It was really like, we won the first game, we won the first 30-minute hockey game, and then we just shut off for the second one. So, just still asking for a complete performance, but I'm appreciating a little more out of the first period in these games. So, it's kind of something positive, take out of the loss. No one looked outright bad, like, no one on the defense of our group. The refs just put the whistles away at one point. I hate, like, blaming refs for everything, but, like, they just stopped calling penalties after Ovi had kind of a, uh, a 50-50 hit on Pajot. I know some people think it was more than 50-50. I, I think he didn't leave his feet, so you can't really call much, even though Pajot was defenseless, and I think the concussion spotter probably pulled him from the game, but... Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll find out if Pagano is going to be healthy the rest of the way. He came back, but again, with Paul Murray and a couple of other instances this season, we don't know how much to like really trust coming back. But yeah, we're on to Boston. We play the best team in the league coming up soon, and then we play Buffalo this week. So show goes on. I'm not feeling too defeated. I always try to be an optimist about things like this, but um, you know, we're we're on to the next two. Jake, how you feeling?
0: Yeah, I know the loss has always hurt more, uh, when you go, um, so that, that kind of sucked, and, um, me and AJ kind of drove back together, we were both really upset, uh, with our Islander fidget cubes, but, um, you know, it sucks, but, you know, there's still, there's still more games this week, uh, hopefully we can get a little bit healthier, that being Adam Pellick and Kyle coming back, I'm more certain that Pellick will come back to Palmieri, I know is kind of up in the air right now, um, and like you said, I don't think anyone played outright bad. Uh, just, you know, they shut down at, at certain points in the game. And sucks uh, Peugeot didn't score on that breakaway, because that, that would have been awesome. But um he's okay. If he's okay, I guess we'll have to see about that too.
1: Well, Ryan, uh, going back to you, you mentioned Kyle Palmieri, obviously. That's kind of different here, because he had two separate concussions, not one concussion that outlasted. Also, the wild win! <clears throat> There we go. R. Um,
2: yeah, just to clarify there, I meant like Palmieri finished that game against the Leafs.
1: Oh, okay, he... okay.
2: Yeah, that, that's
1: what I meant there. Gotcha, gotcha. I picked that up wrong then. I do apologize. But the Caps losing regulation. That's awesome. Put the smile on my face. And that's good. We're having a good day so far. So, now it's time to play our least favorite game and play the blame game. <laughs> it's never a fun thing to do but i think it would be a decent little segment to see what we the three co-hosts of this podcast believe is wrong with the new york islanders so you can go with management you can go with ownership even you can go with the players you can go with specific players you can go with coaches whatever your heart desires jake we're gonna kick it off to you first who are you putting the blame on for the new york islanders recent struggles and why
0: uh, I'm going to say the guys who are making the big bucks need to start performing like they're getting paid. Um, the three goal scorers in yesterday's game was Sebastian Aho, Hudson Fashing, and Matt Martin. Collectively, those guys are probably making around two and a half million dollars. Um, Anders Lee, um, I, I'm not loving Lee right now. Uh, you know he was fine yesterday, but he has been stepping up. Obviously, Brock. I hate to shit on Brock Nelson, but Brock Nelson has been on a pretty big drought as well. Noah Dobson's been on a nine goal, um, nine goal drought, and you know Josh Bailey makes five and a half million dollars. Regardless of how bad he is, he's not stepping up. I know we got assist yesterday, but a lot of guys who are making like top of the payroll, um, you know, aren't having been stepping up lately. And Barsi hasn't gotten a point in the last four games, um, so you know. Players got to step up regardless. Of um, course, if you think the team needs to make a move or not, the guys who are here right now, who um, Wu banked on improving because of the bad last year and the excuses and whatever, um he banked on them playing well and producing, and they produced at the star of the year. But you know, in this rough stretch, they haven't been performing. They got to perform like they've been getting paid to do.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give Barzal a little bit of the benefit of the doubt for now. He he's probably injured right now, uh, after the Cody-CC hit still, so, I want to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, I don't think he's at 100% health, so that's why he hasn't been looking as, you know, Matthew Barzell as usual, I agree with the Andersley take, I not, I have been thrilled with Andersley recently, he needs to be better, he's making 7 million, and he's not playing or performing a 7 million dollar player, I don't really care what his stats are, Hit stats are, excuse me, uh, He's not really a game changer. He never really was a game changer, to be fair to him. He just cleaned up aisle three in front of the net, but we need him to start doing that, and I disagree with your Noah Dobson take. Uh, offensively, he's a he's not there to score goals all the time, so I don't really care if he's not scoring a goal. I know you'd like him to score a goal per 10 games, at least, but he's getting assists at least again. Defensively, he needs to wake the fuck up, but we can have that conversation later. Ryan, who are you putting the blame on?
2: Yeah, uh, I, I know you stuck up for your boy Dobbs there, but yeah, I mean, I'm playing the kind of, we all throughout the beginning of the season, we we're begging for supplemental scoring. So we wanted just like scoring throughout the lineup. Now we're getting that from Fashing, Martin, and even Aho, Um, last night. And then against the Habs, it was Casey, and the second goal was scored by, who had the second one in the Habs game? If anyone remembers, quick off
0: the top right? Oh. Casey and Bob.
2: So we're getting goals throughout the lineup, but like Brock has gone now, I think it was 13 games without a goal, and Dobson's gone 11 games without a goal. Like that's, that's, we're getting up to like 15% of the season where they've gone consecutively without scoring a goal, which for both of them, I feel like once they get one, they'll start like piling in the goals, but just very long stretches without scoring. It's it's very frustrating to see this from the guys that we're banking on to get the goals. Like, this Islanders team, the highlights last year were when Brock and Noah were scoring. Now we have the depth scoring. If we have three goals from the bottom of our lineup and then two in the Habs game, um, you know, we, we could use some scoring at the top end of our lineup. It would probably be appreciated and help out the team a lot. So. Just very frustrated by those two. Can't blame Sorokin for anything. He's been perfect. Hard to blame the defense for anything. I mean, like, they could block a few more shots against the Caps, but if the forwards aren't creating, like, kind of a shots on goal difference, can't really blame the defense because they're getting hemmed in all the time. So that's kind of my take on it. Very frustrated with Brock and Noah, hoping they explode against the Bruins next game or Buffalo, the game after that, but... Just uh, very, very unfortunate, because these are two players that I really like, uh, but just they haven't really scored much since the turn of the year. We're now, what are we, January 17th? I don't think either has a goal in 2022 or 2023 at this point. So frustrating stuff. Hopefully they turn it around, but see where it goes. It's it's just like the high-end talent has to be there. I think Barzal, I agree with AJ, he might be injured after taking that hit from CC. And hopefully the day off is going to get him the rest he needs, because if he's good to go, he should be good to produce at his level, if not close to it. But yeah, that's my take there. Um, any other kind of final thoughts on the players? Because we should probably address the other two parties here, Mad men, men and Coaching.
1: Uh, player wise, the only one I'm really upset with is Lee. I still don't think Barzal is producing or playing at the rate he's being paid, but he's also still a very good player and almost a point per game player. Nelson, I'm not going to complain about Nelson. There's no way that if you should complain about Brock Nelson if you were going into the season saying, oh, Brock," and you told me that Brock Nelson was going to be a point-per-game player, near a point-per-game player, would you like be upset with that? No, not at all. I know he hasn't been producing recently. It's, it's a part of the game. He'll figure it out. He's not a negative factor to the team. Still, he's still playing a decent role. He'll figure it out. I have more than enough faith in him. Dobson defensively is horrific, uh, it's been proven time after time, I love Noah, offensively he's getting assists and he does look confident up there, but in the back end he just falls asleep a lot, I don't know how Obi didn't score a goal last night when Dobson had no clue where he was, no positional awareness at all, which I get it, it happens, it's hockey, he's still a young kid, but need to know what's going on, especially in front of your own goal, and especially with number 8 on the ice, but... It didn't go in the back of the net. It didn't kill us, but they'll hopefully figure it out. I still have faith in the coaching staff, which some people don't, so I think that's a good segue there. People want Lane Lambert fired. We don't really know what Lane Lambert is yet. I can't say he's good or bad. I just can't. Personally, I don't know how I feel about him yet. He's still learning, still getting used to things. I We'll see. That's really my take. I don't have too much of an opinion on good old Lane. I don't hate him, though. I know some people want yeah. fired already. It's a little early for that, but...
2: Just before we move into lane, a uh, quick little game for the pod. Uh, what was the last game Brock Nelson scored in? Um, I'll give you five bucks if you guess it, guess it off the top of your head. Jake, you first. I don't
0: even know. Uh,
1: Columbus? Nope, wrong. AJ, last game Brock scored in. If you last game Brock scored in, would it be Florida? Nope, didn't get a goal on that one. It was Vegas
2: on December 17th. Wow. So, whole month now. Just I, I know he hasn't been getting the looks or the shots he normally gets, so it, it's a product of his second line and him being stapled to Bo at this point at a lot of points or him being stapled to Lee, but, you know, just just really frustrating to not see him being able to put the puck in the net. Um, But onto Lane, that kind of segues a little nicely here. I love Lane Lambert. I love Lambert Ball. I'm still standing by my guy here. I think that being able to unlock the offense has been a big challenge with no new tools in the toolbox. Um, You know, we're getting goals from the defensemen. Sebastian Holler scored last night. Everyone, all of our defensemen can score besides Romanov and Witherspoon. On pretty much any given night, I don't know what happened to Pulak and why he became just a shutdown defenseman instead of having any offensive game, but him too, I guess. But out of Ajo, Mayfield, and Dobson, you know, despite dobson's recent struggles lambert's been able to get goals out of the defense which we never had under trot so that's pretty good for one thing it opens up the offense a little more ideally but then you kind of also get the lambert where aside from Sashnikov, there hasn't been a guy who came up and played in the nhl and played in line system that's looked outright bad i guess raw like new guys i'm talking about so if you look at rod too if you look at and you look at holmstrom They look like competent NHL players in Lane's lineup, and I think that's something you can kind of speak to. Um, He's having trouble developing a lot of the guys who got into the trot system and got kind of stuck there the past few years. Um, But the point totals are up, and that's really what we were asking for going into the season. But yeah, we're, we're still hanging with Lane Um, on my end. I'm still kind of standing by my guy here. I think we won't really know if he's a good or bad coach till the end of like two years. But I think as of the moment, he's, he's totally fine. I think a lot of the hate online people just don't like that he's a boring guy. Like if he was giving fun quotes or being like John Tortorella, I think it would be fine. But like people are just such babies because he's like, you know, kind of a stiff on the mic. So maybe some media training goes a long way there. But he genuinely he seems pretty open and honest in most of his press conferences. and you know, you can kind of get a good read on him that he's a decent person, hopefully. Uh, Jake, what do you think about Lambert Ball at this point?
0: Yeah, I I think the Lane hate is stupid. Um, It's his first season. It's not even, like, it's three months into his head coaching tenure, his first year of him being a head coach. And, yeah, like, there has been no new players besides, like, internal options that's been brought into his new system. I think he... Uh, I think they, they should let him um, get guys that he wants that he thinks ought to be good for the system and give it a few one or two years and then judge him as a head of the coach. People to be fired is a little ridiculous. Um and, and, and it's hard to replace Barry Trout. It's like obviously it is and you know, um I just think people are being are towards him. Um you know, it's it's he's not the reason to blame right now there's, there's a lot of different problems right now and I don't think it's only Lambert's fault um I get he's boring and listening to him speak is boring because it's the same thing each time but you know um there's been some positives and there's obviously been some negatives but it's not worth him getting fired over it, and, and that that's the end of that
2: um yeah so also on Lambert like the power play is on coaching which it might just be like us losing our power play coach last year John Mann, who was pretty good at it But uh, the power play does fall in coaching, and that needs to be a lot better. Um, But, yeah, so aside from that, just, I guess, Lane, at least he's willing to try things. He put the lines in a blender and got some pretty good results at the end of the Caps game, but it didn't result in a goal, so that was frustrating, but uh back i guess i'll I'll serve the golden goose here and we could get the state of the Lunion. um i feel like it's tired at this point um i've made the joke a million times about lou and everything but so now i just want to hop on and see what does everyone think at the moment of islanders general manager lou lamarillo and his efforts to improve this team over the past year i'll start with aj here
1: all right i know we've been talking about this a lot obviously um I don't mind that the New York Islanders ran it back. I was okay with that. Sure, you want? Do you really want Nazim Kadri at the age of thirty-five making seven million dollars? At the age of thirty-six making seven million dollars? at the Age of thirty-seven and so on making seven million dollars? No, not really. I'm okay that we didn't get Kadri. Johnny Gaudreau, you can make the entire argument about. I still don't think we would have. We would have had to give up a first-round pick and probably Raw, too because. JVR is a much better player than Josh Bailey at this point, and the asking price to get rid of JVR was a first-round pick at least. So you'd have to give up a lot more for a worse player than Josh Bailey. So I, you can totally make the debate for Johnny Gaudreau. I get that. I don't really care about Kadri. Now, uh, people are bringing up Sonny Milano, who's having a, who's having a good year for Washington. Don't get me wrong, but in what world is Sonny Milano cracking one of the quote-unquote deepest lineups in hockey? I understand they're not a good lineup, I get it, they don't look good right now, but if you put the team on paper at the beginning of the year, you'd say, yeah, that's a deep team. If they make the playoffs, oh my god, look how deep the New York Islanders are. That's what we were known for. We were known for not having the top-end talent, but having a deep, good playoff team. Who is Milano going to play over? Paul Mary? Not a chance. Josh Bailey? You can make that debate. I wouldn't say no to that, but realistically, we all know Josh Bailey's playing over Sonny Milano. Where's he playing? On the fourth line? He's taking Martin or Clutterbuck's spot? Not a chance. There was no spot for Sonny Milano to be an everyday NHL player, and we knew that. I know he started in Hershey. I don't care. He's an everyday NHL player now. I'm okay with us running it back. We had the depth, and we wanted to see what happened. Last year was a fluke year, allegedly, so fine. Fair enough. They went to two Eastern Conference Finals. They went back-to-back. And then they had the off year, so I think they definitely deserved the chance to run it back, but now the ball is on Lewis Court, the pressure is now on, he ran it back, which was fine in my opinion, but now something needs to be done. I'm not asking, I am asking actually for Timo Meyer. I've been asking for a while now, but I'm not, you know, I'm not saying go to the moon and stars uh, you have to make a move, you have to make the team better, or we could potentially lay out and see and possibly even sell some guys, uh, if it gets really bad, I don't think it'll get that bad, I'd rather be buyers and sellers, but, you know, some people, some people want to sell, which I don't blame them at this point, I see why they want to, it's smart in a sense, but I will always be a believer, I'm not going to be loop here, but the pressure is finally on Lou Lamarillo to make a move, and every time... Lou needed to make a move during the season. He made that move. He got Pajot when we needed Pajot. He got Palmieri when we needed the winger. We need a first-line player, and there's a few available. I think we'll get one of them. I'm hoping it's Timo Meyer, but the ball's in Lou's court to make the move now, and he has the pressure, so we'll see what he does. I have some faith in him. He hasn't made a bad trade yet. I'm not going to count the uh, Braden Coburn trade as a bad trade. It's a good insurance step, but he hasn't made a bad trade that I can think of in season. Because don't even mention Devontae's. I know you're all very mad at your steering wheels right now. But I just said he hasn't made a bad trade. Yes, the Devontae trade was bad. But in season, he to make our team better, he has not made a trade that hurt us that I can think of. So I kind of have faith in him having, you know, a sense of what the team needs. And we clearly need a score. And I think we'll get that. So we'll see what he does. He pressures now on Lou, but I'm not mad at him for running it back because it made sense at the time.
2: No, I, I agree. Shout out the TikTok kid to Screamed at Lou. That, that was a little funny. Um, and it's good meme content, to seeing Lou react to the names being thrown at him. But yeah, so at the end of the day, Lou Lamarillo has sat on his fingers now all year. We haven't acquired a new player besides Romanov and kind of fashion, but that's found money. I think he was kind of intent to play in the AHL. And we are still, we are currently in month going to put it at 20 from the Seattle expansion draft of us trying to replace Jordan Everly and find some kind of first line winger who at least can play with Barzal on any given night. Even though Everly is probably a second liner, you know, ideally, but you know, just having someone who can put on like a first line, a performance mirroring a first line player, just really frustrating stuff. This deadline's going to be Lou's legacy here. Lou is... On the last year of his contract, per everyone knowing, but also per the fourth period, um, that was very funny. If anyone saw that tweet, uh, the former Islanders insider said, "We're just finding out now that this is the last year of Lou's contract. We've known this the whole time. It was always a five-year contract. Lou, um, in my opinion, is going to be done after the year, and I think he is a bit scared about like making a bad trade and hurting his legacy on Long Island or whatever." I appreciate that he doesn't listen to the Twitter mobs. There's a lot of people like just insane posting. Like they've dedicated their whole accounts to, I'm done with Lou, get Lou out of here. But like you see around the league, there's a lot of general managers who screw up all the time. Lou's only really screwed up once, it's just he hasn't done enough in other areas. So I I put my trust index on him to get a good deadline done around 60%. I'm more worried about selling than buying. Just because I don't know if I trust him to go out and get fair market value on every trade and win every trade or even, like, not pull what he pulled last year, I'm, you know, trade guys, if, um, you know, if we need to make trades. So we're uh, we're two points in it. If you had told us we're around two points of the seven and eight seed at the deadline, I would have taken that every day of the week in the summer if we are just running it back with the fate that losing and make a trade some point. Um, the names on the training block are intriguing. We're going to talk about them in a minute, as well as our own assets in case we want to sell off. Because much like last year, we're going to be, you know, having this kind of double approach to the deadline, where we're not going to know all day what we're doing. But the only scenario that's going to make me really mad here is if we sit on our hands again, and do nothing at the deadline, and even if we sign like some extensions. Like the worst case scenario for me right now is we do nothing at the deadline, and then Scott Mayfield gets like a uh, five year by, you know twenty or thirty twenty five million dollars like total contract um the day after the deadline like last year with uh clutterbuck and paris like let's just get it done let's figure it out let's pick an organizational direction and stick to it because i don't think lou's gonna be at the ship next year um jake any thoughts on lou before we can kind of go into
0: trade targets nothing crazy different um you know I, I did agree with running it back um but like the time is now um, if he believes in this corn, he wants to take them to the next level. And I believe he will make a trade. But, you know, you don't want to make a trade too late. Um, you know, they could fall out of it. They could sell. I don't think we will sell. Um, we'll break down the trade targets. Um. But. Aj kind of nailed it right on the head. Um, Running low. Um, they're not going to fire him right now. The owner last week said we trust in Lou, and he also said it in the summer. He's not firing Lou. Uh, People can get it out of of their heads.
2: Yeah, the level of Islanders derangement syndrome, you have to have to relabel your whole account to, like, I hate Lou Lamorello and, like, this team is ruining my life and everything. Because at the end of the day, I think, you know, it's healthy to take a step back and be like, hey, this is an entertainment product that... We love with all our hearts. We love our Islanders. We go to a ton of games. We love this team. We even spend a couple hours a week recording a podcast. Everyone in the day, in case, their Twitter accounts to it, and that's fine. But like, when the team starts to like really impact your mental health, I think, I think it's probably better. Like, which is good because it was Mental Health Awareness Night, and we all got our fidget cubes. Uh, but like, just taking that step back and being like, okay, let's contextualize. Like, you have other things going on in your life besides the Islanders, and you might just want to take a step back rather than just being angry and yelling at this uh, this general manager figure who kind of hasn't really done anything publicly in a year. So, I don't know. That, that's just kind of my take on that. I think everyone just needs to chill a bit. Let's see how the road to the deadline plays out, and then we'll reassess from there. But still so got to keep breaking down the games, having fun here. Uh, AJ, do are you ready to do the trade targets now?
1: Um, I'm going to be loopilled for one more moment. I know I've been uh, very pro loop this episode, and... Think about four, uh, maybe not four years, maybe six, five, six years ago, before Lou was here. Uh, I know, we're living the past year, but he brought us to two Eastern Conference Finals. He got us Barry Trotz. He literally did things that we thought were impossible to do. I will always be thankful to the man, and if you can't be thankful for what he's done here... You're a fucking loser. I'm sorry. If you cannot be grateful for two Eastern Conference Finals runs that were brought to you by Lou Lamarillo, yes, you could talk about the COVID one, we got lucky to make the bubble, yada yada, I don't care. He has been a very key part to this organization being functional again, and I'm very thankful for what he's done here. So I will never be – I will never uh, stab Lou in the back. He's brought me some of the best moments of my life, and without him, who knows where we are right now, with all due respect. So – Thank you, Lou. I'm not going to say Lou out. I will stop being Lou Pilled now and uh, make a trade, pal. Uh, I believe in you.
2: Yeah, you're talking to the number one Lou Pilled guy on Twitter. Um, and yeah, it's, it's not great scoop, uh, just like the results from the season thus far. But again, I think if we had come into the year and everyone told us that we would be two points out of the pens and the caps and only like, I think, five points out mm-hmm. from
1: uh, Nye Rangers. Let me just double check that. Is it up to seven now? Yeah, I, I was drinking water. I'm pretty. Sure. It's it's seven points. It's seven points. They're not gonna be. They're not gonna stay this hot. We're not gonna stay this bad. There's don't no. There's no way. It's just. It's just the law of averages. It will even itself out at some point. They're a better than. T- they're a better team than us. I agree with that. But they cannot keep winning at a thirteen two and two pace. That's just physically impossible in the NHL, and we can't be this bad. We just aren't this bad of a hockey team. Brock Nelson's shooting percentage will go up. It's all a law of averages. People are so <laughs> mad that we lost the game after being up 3-0, which rightfully so. You have every right to be mad about that, but think about how many games we won when we were down 3-0 this year. So it all evens out at the end of the day. It's math. It's numbers. It evens itself out every time. So not every time, but you get what I mean. For the most part, it will even itself out. Go back to the mean and make sense. I'm not freaking out yet yeah what's
2: meant to happen will happen and uh i don't want to say it's games in hand season too
1: early here but
2: we have two games on the caps and we are four points back so uh do with win. that as you may if we win next set, too just just fucking win baby um but now to trade targets so we as a podcast we always talk about the buyer market so here we're gonna go a little bit half buyer half seller i have five you know trade targets we could acquire um actually let's do four and four so that we can align the buying with the selling and then we could throw out names at the end uh, and I'll, we'll just round table each one uh first one the golden goose the trade deadline canucks to see bo horvat little context here uh so bo horvat's been awesome this year he's dipped off a little recently but not in a crazy way uh he's still on pace to be one of the best players in the league this season uh the canucks held a press conference the other day basically uh their version of the rangers letter telling everyone that the rebuild's about to come um, and they said they can't agree to terms on a contract with Horvat. He won't accept the mar- number that they're giving him. They think it's fair market value. Uh, his camp saying it isn't. So, uh, where do we sit on Bo Horvat right now? What would you be willing to trade for him? And do you think we can pull together the best offer? Uh, I'll start with Jake here. Jake. So, what do you want Bo Horvat right now? What's an offer you would give up for him? And then, do you think it makes the team like where do you think it leaves the team? Like playoff contender, cup contender?
0: I love Hor! Uh, <clears throat> Bo Horvat. Um, I know we talked about this. I believe two episodes ago. Um, I would give up. I know he's. Uh, it sucks because he's injured, but I would include Wallstrom. But since he's injured, that's probably not on the table. I would uh, introduce a first, um, a fifth, Sallow, Bo, and uh, I'm really not good at this GM thing. Um. Bow first fourth we'll go up do four why not no i really don't want to but i'm not good f- this, i'm not good this, f- I'm, I'm not i'm not good this gm thing that's why i don't do it uh i'll leave that to Lou. but i would love over that you move that barzano to wing he's been very good this year especially defensively uh, i think they would um however would progress uh, the honest to a contender. I think it would help the team a lot, but if you are getting Bo Horvat, you have to have that extension in place. Um, that I would say for sure. But I love Bo Horvath, uh, Bo Horvat, but I don't, I don't do this GM thing, so.
2: Yeah, Jake, um, you started negotiating with yourself there at a point, um, but I, I think that trade might get it over the wire. Uh, first rounder, fourth rounder, do four. Solo, and then maybe you throw in another like an Ishii or something and see what happens Um, AJ what do you think what's your kind of trade offer do you want him and then like does it where does it leave the team
1: I don't think Bo Horvat's the number one target so I think he's number two behind Timo Meyer. What I would give up, I'd give up first round pick, I would give up a second round pick, I'd give up to, and I would give up Salo. Uh, if they can get more for that, fair enough. I don't know how much more comfortable I would be going after a guy, especially when he is an unrestricted free agent. So hopefully Lou has a contract uh, signed, sealed, and delivered while doing it, and he doesn't keep it in his drawer this time. But uh, jokes aside, that's I, probably what I'd be comfortable giving up. I like Rottu a lot, but he still is magic beans at the end of the day. He's not a he's not Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat is Bo Horvat, so if you get Bo Horvat, you get Bo Horvat. I still think Timo Meyer's a guy, but I would not I would be very happy to get Bo Horvat on the New York Islanders. I've been a big fan of him for a while.
2: Yeah, agreed here. Um so my trade offer would probably be like First round pick, you'd want to put like a top 10 protection on it, but that's whatever. You're probably going to offer Atu Roddy, Um Atu Ratu. You're probably going to offer him in, up in the trade. Um, he's going to have to be a sacrifice here, which is going to be what the Canucks want. They're going to want a top prospect back uh, just so that the optics make it look like they won the trade. So Ratu, first round pick, and then probably say like solo and then maybe a fourth or a fifth equivalent. Like that would probably be... My offer to them, maybe Bullduck has some momentum after kind of making the AHL All-Star game this year because the Canucks want players that they can play right now in between the Raw 2, you know, maybe Bo if they want to have some kind of, you know, warm body in their top six, and then... You know, Ishikov's almost ready. Bulldog's probably almost ready. Like that they, they could just call on those guys to play games towards the end of the year. I know their defense is their biggest problem, so they're gonna want defensive players if we can offer it to them. But just uh interesting there. I, I know you mentioned Meyer. And also where I think it leaves the team is it leaves us still a borderline contender, but I think it locks us into the playoffs, barring what Pittsburgh and Washington do at the deadline. Um but yeah, that's that's kind of Bo Horvat there. Another trade target AJ just brought it up uh, is Timo Meyer. He's AJ's guy here. AJ, Timo Meier, um, do you want him? How much would you give up for him? And then kind of where does that leave the Islanders?
1: How would you not want Timo Meyer? He's an incredible player, uh, goal-scoring winger. He's an RFA, so we don't have to worry about other teams going after him as hard in free agency at the end of the year. He has 148 goals in 439 games, 309 points in those 439 games. He's a very good player. How could you not want Timo Meyer, man? He's so good. We need him. We need. No, we need that elite scoring winger that he is. So far this year, he has 25 goals. In 45 games, he's a point-per-game player. Now, you do have to understand there is definitely some Islander tax with the offense, so the Mm -hmm. offense probably will drop a little bit. And that's why I'm a little bit nervous about saying a guy is a perfect fit for... Matthew Barzal, excuse me. We don't know if anyone's a perfect fit for Barzal at the end of the day. We hope they would work together, but you add good hockey players and guys who could score. I don't think he would have the Kyle Palmieri effect of where he would just fall off the face of the earth at times. I think he's too good of a hockey player for that. He's on another another echelon compared to Kyle Palmieri, personally. He's young. He's good. Uh, I don't see why they wouldn't do it. He's not a pure goal scorer like... He's not a one-trick pony like I guess you can consider Oliver Wallstrom to be, even though he hasn't really scored a lot this year. He could play make. He could do a lot of other things, too. I trust him. I think he's the guy. What I would give up for him, I know I'm rambling here, I'd give up a similar package for Horvat, but probably a little bit more because he's an RFA.
2: Sounds good. Um, and where do you think that would leave the team?
1: As in playoff contenders? um, I mean, we should be playoff contenders. We're very close, so that should put us over the border. But either way, you get a guy that will be on your team next year and will be a player hopefully going forward for you. So it's not the end of the world and you're not... This team, I don't think, is ready to start rebuilding. Even if they don't make the playoffs this year, I think they still have one more year in them to figure out if they could make it over that hump again and possibly retool rather than rebuild. But... Timo Meyer makes the most sense, and he adds up to the Barzal timeline, the Dobson timeline, etc.
2: Sounds good. Um, Jake, so I'll throw this one to you as well. Timo Meyer, what are you willing to give up? Where does it leave the Islanders, and do you want him in the first place?
0: Yeah, I would love Timo Meyer. I would agree with Deja. He should be the number one target just because he's a certified bona fide on the lives of both. Uh, goal score um, 25 goals on the Sharks team is simply incredible. Uh, he's proved it in his career. Uh, a lot of those goals are also even strength as well um, which is a good thing. It uh, would also help their power play. Uh, I would give a first, round two and probably more. Again don't do this GM thing. Um, and I, I, I do think they would, uh, it would turn the honors into a much better team and, and a cup contender for sure. Uh, I think it would help balance the lines a lot. And hopefully, uh, if they were to get him, uh, that he could figure out a way to put with Barzell and the first line would be better off for it. And Barzell would be finally able to get that first line winger. Sounds
2: good. I, I think that's a good take Jake, and I'll uh, I'll kind of throw my input in here. Um, yes, I think it makes the Islanders a much better team. Yes, I'm willing to pay the tax. One thing we didn't bring up is someone else in our division is going to go all out for Timo Meyer. Why not us? Like, I saw some Rangers fans talking about him today. Um, you know, it, uh, the Rangers aren't going to be able to like pay him long term after the season, which is kind of the incentive to trade for the RFA. But he, it's kind of starting to remind me of Mark Stone's situation in Ottawa, where you're trading for this guy to acquire him forever like he'll become a cornerstone to your franchise he's that good so i don't know if the rangers can really afford him with all the contracts they have on the books be a panarin and you know they have better assets to give up like let's say they i know he's kind of a boss but like if they give up lafreniere um i think that might move the needle enough for the sharks to make a deal but they're also scared to move him for some reason, even though it's really bad or whatever. Uh, but yeah, kind of back to that. And then the Devils. The Devils have like guys like Holtz or Nemec that they could throw in a deal and get it done right away. But or how much are the Devils willing to get off the road they've set themselves on? And also, if they trade for Meyer, they're probably making the decision between Meyer and Jesper Brett. Um, so it's kind of the devil the literal devil you know versus the devil you don't. And there, there's going to be plenty of suitors for Timo Meyer. He's a very good player. Um, but yeah, same same ballpark here. Just try to kill them with quantity. First round pick, um, you know, maybe a second round pick as well. Rot to try, may, even a fourth asset to get it over the line. Just whatever you can do to get this guy, just to be able to have that guy that we're not able to get through free agency. Um, it makes the Islanders a lot better. Um, it's a smart trade to do if you can get it. You're also going to acquire him for the next eight years to play with Barzal. Hopefully, it works well. And worse comes to worse, you just trade him again as an RFI in the summer. So I don't really think there's no any reason to not do it unless the Sharks pull what they did last year with, uh, with, oh, his name's blanking me right now, Thomas Hurdle, where they signed him to an eight-year deal for no reason before the summer. Um, so yeah, that's, or before the deadline. So that's kind of my thoughts on Meyer. Um, now we'll go into like the more pure rental market. Everyone's going to be trying to get these guys. So the St. Louis Blues at this point have shut down Tarasenko. Pretty much until the deadline, he's not getting game time. And they're just going to keep him healthy, probably in anticipation of a trade. So, uh, AJ, do you want Tarasenko? What, what
1: are you willing to give up for him? Um, if we're going to go full Bill Zito, sure. I'll give up a second and a third max for Tarasenko. Clearly, he doesn't hold that much value. If you could maybe re-sign him, that'd be cool. I do like Vlad Tarasenko. He could help the team a lot. I wouldn't pay. I would not give a first-round pick for him, though, at this time. If he can land a first-round pick, I'd be a little shocked, but what do I know also? I'm not in these offices talking to the GMs like everyone uh, else is on Twitter, apparently, who knows everyone's value. Yeah, we'll see what he gets. I don't think is bringing in the first-round pick, realistically, but what do I know at the end of the day? I would like him. I would not cry if we didn't get him. I would be upset if he did go to a Metro team, though, but that's for any player.
2: Yeah, I hear you there. Uh, Jake, what would you be willing to give up forward Tarasenko, and do you even
0: want him? I would want him. Uh, for just throwing picks away, I would give a second or third for him. Uh, depends where his price is. Uh, I think he was injured for a little bit. I don't know if he still is or not. Other um, him or Bester, i would trying to get. But I know obviously, I think Bester has more years on his contract. I don't know for sure about that. But um, you know, if you're trying to make the team better, and um, if the price isn't crazy, I would I would definitely do that.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I think you guys are over, underselling what Tarasenko is and how, you know, we could probably lock him up once he's in-house because that's what Lou always does. Um, you know, they're they shutting him down due to injury, just hoping they can come back and they can sell him at full freight within like a week or two of the deadline. But, you know, Vladdy Rocks, I'd be willing to give up like a top 20 protected first that turns into a second and third or something if if he meets some kind of criteria. Um, but yeah, that that's kinda my idea. I like Tarasenko a lot. I think he's lots of involved well with Barzal. Uh becomes the second or even the first most skilled forward on our team, even though he's older. Um, yeah, maybe that's underselling Brock, but like I, I don't know. Vladdy's Vladdy's an absolute beast, like really wonderful player at full strength, but you're also betting on injuries and stuff and Maybe benching him might hurt his trade value, but we'll see. I, I could see him going for a second, though, to a team like the Bruins or something, but it'll be interesting. I think he's on the block. I'm not even going to bother mentioning Ryan O'Reilly because I don't think that's a great fit here.
1: Um, no. I know
2: he's on the block right
1: now. No, um, wouldn't make sense. Uh, we have Pedro, we have Nelson, we have Barzal, we have Zegas, obviously. We could use a center. I know Bohorvet's a center, obviously, so we could, for a use a center and move Barzal over or whatnot, but... um. I'd rather not with that contract, and with Tarasenko, the other thing I was going to say before you finished on that was uh, it's a rental. I would not give up a first-round pick for a pure rental. I don't know how comfortable I am giving up the first-round pick for a pure rental compared to paying more and getting a guy who will be here for future years to come, like Timo Meyer and possibly Bo Horvat.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with that, but then again, you have the uh, the potential that Lou can work his magic and get a deal done right after the trade, because um, he's looking for money that St. Louis won't give him, and on ROR, I mean, the last team to trade for Ryan O'Reilly won a cup, so maybe not playing it completely out of our hands, because we saw, how well, Barzal worked with Zizekas on the first line, but I, I don't think it's really worth something for us to explore, and if it happens, I, I don't know if too many people will be happy, because uh, it's a weird trade. It's it's just basically getting the absolute best version of Casey Zizekas or, like, more of a guy who's a checking center uh, when we just need goals in the lineup at any any kind of cost here. Um, or Pajot. Pejo is probably, like, a better equivalent than Zizekas there, but just, like, a, a checking center on your first line. But back to kind of bare bones, um, the fourth guy I had in mind was Patrick Kane. What would you be willing to give up uh, for Patrick Kane? We'll start here with Jake, and would you do it?
0: <laughs> I actually don't want Patrick Kane. I know he's been pretty, I know it's a pretty terrible Blackhawks team, but I think he's been pretty bad this year. Um, so, so from what I've heard, but I wouldn't want Patrick Kane. I'd rather try and get Tarasenko. So uh, don't listen to me, but you
2: know. No, I don't, my... I, I don't think that's a bad opinion. Um, AJ, Tar- or Patrick Kane, would you want him? And let's just pretend you do want him. What would you give up for him?
1: I don't really want Patrick Kane. If he would have told me, I would be saying these words. Oh, the Whopper commercial's on. Whopper, 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 Whopper. Uh, sorry, back to the podcast after that, uh, great, great commercial that we all know and love. Uh, Patrick Kane, no. If you would have told me a few years ago that I would be saying no to Patrick Kane, I would have laughed at you, because I was obviously a big Patrick Kane fan growing up. But, he does look way past his prime. It's just getting older. Stop getting guys that are older. Um... We don't need Patrick Kane. We need to get younger. We need guys that will be here in the future. We need our Timo Myers or Bo Horvat. I know I keep bringing their names up, but it's to prove a point that we want the 26 and 27-year-olds, not the 36-year-olds of the world anymore. Uh, you know, I like Patrick Kane, one of the greatest players of all time, the greatest American player of all time, but it doesn't make sense to get a 36-year-old, get a guy that fits in the timeline and can run with his team for another half decade or so at the very least. And if I was gonna trade for Patrick Kane, I really wouldn't give up much for him. Kind of like Tarasenko, maybe uh second uh sec two seconds and Bulldog Max, but I really don't want Patrick Kane on the Islanders. Crazy words coming out of my mouth. I understand it's Patrick fucking Kane, one of the best players of all time, but I really want to get younger and not older.
2: Yeah, it'd be cool if we got him. Um, I don't like the person that much, but as a hockey player, you know, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, yes, you
1: know, yes, probably a good bag, sorry. i Barzola. Uh, no, bad you're good. Past. I I need to mention that because I didn't mention that at all. Uh, very okay. iffy and bad past.
2: Yeah, no, that's, and that's fine too. I mean, like, obviously, just kind of taking the the art from the artist here as a player, he probably helps the team out a lot or whatever, but just bad, kind of bad vibes, I, I wouldn't feel the best about doing it. At most, I'd give up a second and a third, but like, it's someone's gonna overpay for him i hope it's not us i think it's gonna be buffalo but we'll see it's it's kind of whatever there but those are kind of the four big names on the trade deadlines uh the boards haven't really been coming out like they normally do uh come january i know the deadline's in march this year and i'm sure we'll overload you guys with deadline content in february especially if the islanders hop back in the race but those are kind of guys from other teams that we'd be looking at so now let's just kind of propose the idea where the Islanders take a step back this deadline and decide to retool. So if they're retooling, the four names that would come to mind here are Scott Mayfield, uh, Zach Parise, Temyon Varlamov, and then uh, there's one more name off the top of my head that I had, but uh, I'll see if I can pull that um, up. In Brock the background.
1: Nelson, Beauvillier? Oh yeah,
2: Brock Nelson. Duh. Yeah, he has two years left, but we'll, we'll talk about him. Um, we I, I think we haven't mentioned how bad Bo and Bailey have been on the Islanders recently, which is fine. Um, I think it's, you know, kind of understood at this point, like, hey, these, these two guys stink, um, and we want them out kind of at all costs. I, I don't think our opinions differ here. Um, any cost without giving an asset up, so if there's a trade available for those 2 uh just let it be understood that I support it, and I, I think just to kick it both. AJ, any, any trade that we don't have to give up a pick, do you do for Bailey or Bo?
1: Um... Belly, yeah, obviously, it all depends, because we, uh, well, not we, you, you, Ryan, at Martin, got faked out by a fake Kevin Weeks uh, tweet today, when we were on Discord, just talking. So, the potential trade was a Metro team was making a trade for uh, Jesse Harvey from the Edmonton Oilers, and it made sense for it to be the New York Islanders, in my head, because it would be a reaction to last night's game. So it would be Beauvillier potentially for uh, Pujarvi because they were wanting another struggling Metro winger and it makes sense. I would hate that deal 9 out of 10 times we lose that deal. Put Beauvillier on the Oilers and good things could happen. I don't see Pujarvi coming to Long Island and turning it around. I do see bow going anywhere else and turning it around. So I really don't want to trade bow for another player because that trade is going to turn out bad in my opinion. Well, it depends of course. If you get... Pooh Harvey for Bo, I think we lose that deal 9 out of 10 times. But Bailey, if you can get rid of sure, I guess. It's not going to happen. I don't really want to even waste uh, my breath on it. But that Bo to Pooh Harvey thing's interesting, but I think we lose that deal still because he'll be going on the power play and chopping alongside McDavid and Dreisaitl. Very fair. I think that's
2: completely – yeah, I mean, I tweeted it, you know. Um, I was kind of fooled out by Kevin Weeks' insider account that said Puyarvi was getting traded for another struggling Eastern Conference winger. Who knows what's going to happen there? I'm, I'm not, I am didn't even throw him on our trade board because I don't really think about him at all. But yeah, so Bo probably not getting traded to Edmonton, but hey, it, it'd be cool. Connor McDavid would probably like playing with Anthony Beauvillier. Uh, he's, he's just kind of washed up now at the age of like 25 so sucks what's happened about the last few years and still hope he turns around but i'll be proven wrong uh but just kind of internal trades will bounce these guys off you um so let's say they do have to retool scott mayfield just kind of baseline seeing what the market's getting first and third do you flip scotty or do you try to keep him for the kind of turnaround over the next couple years
1: uh for mayfield it makes sense to trade him. I was willing to do Ro- Nick Robertson in a first-round pick last year. His value is stupidly high because of his contract. He's also a very good hockey player, so it would be very sad to see Mayfield go. I would like him to retire as a New York Islander. He's a he's a New York Islander folk hero in a sense. He's kind of like a Divock or E-type un- unsung hero. I love Mayfield. If you can get the value there and we're not, and we're going to rebuild or retool, you take it and run with it excuse me you take the first round pick plus good asset uh another good pick or whatever you take the maximum amount of value i don't care where it is it could be toronto prefer not the rangers but if you're getting the most value and uh good prospect back you do it obviously it would suck it would hurt a lot it'd be really sad and really weird to see mayfield another team but it makes sense from the logistics I want to keep Mayfield personally, but you got to see what his contract's going to be also, because he deserves to get paid. Will he get paid here? I'm not too sure, but I would like him to stay.
2: Yeah, Jake, any take on uh, Mayfield kind of staying with the Islanders? I, I kind of agree with AJ there. Like, ideally, he's an Islander for life, and he lifts the cup this year, and we sign him to a big ticket or whatever, but... You know, it's um, you know, starting to look less and less likely as the season goes on. Uh would you would you deal Mayfield for a first round pick and like extra or would you hold on to him in hopes we resign him?
0: I guess it depends on like the scenario. Um, let's say they're out of it by like the deadline and the market is a first plus, I would I would trade Scott Mayfield. Um but if, let's say, they're in it, I would probably keep them and try and extend them on a good deal. Um, but it, it, it really does depend on where they are in a few months. Um, they could be in it. They could be out of it. Uh, I will say the price they would be getting for Scott Mayfield would be pretty beneficial to the Islanders. And it's going to suck to lose him because uh, the past few years, he's been awesome. And um, we love Scott Mayfield, even though he's blocked on Twitter by him. But, you know, we love him. But, you know... If it helps the team out in the future, I would completely be open to dealing him um, for a first plus.
2: Totally fine with it. I mean, that's going to be the market, and he would go for a first plus if we are selling, but it's kind of a dangerous game because once you create a Scott Mayfield, um, you're looking for another Scott Mayfield, and that contract is kind of once-in-a-lifetime, and it really helps us get far for who the islanders are and what we were kind of trying to do over the past few years and it really helped so that was kind of guards like lasting trade or uh contract extension him and pelly were able to really help maximize the window by being well above their contracts and he's like a four or five million dollar player and someone's gonna get him if we do trade him for like two mil so good shit um he's probably sick of hearing about how good his deal is but that's uh that's his fault um all right so on to zach zach i figure is a third or something because you're acquiring zach perise for kind of a trade or kind of a run down the stretch to either make the playoffs or go for a cup run colorado made a couple like trades like this last year uh we've seen from last year that lou if he doesn't find a value deal he'll just let the guy stay because it, it won't be worth it but aj would you be willing to get rid of zach or you know what, what are you kind of looking to get back for zach here
1: uh, you'll take a third round pick, I'd say, but you're not trading Zach. If we're not, uh, for for the bit for the bit. Sure, we'll trade Zach for a third round pick, and we'll call up uh Chris Terry. It it's not happening. The Islanders. I don't see Lou giving in and trading everyone. Also, I don't see Lou letting Chris Terry embarrass the New York Islanders. No offense to Chris Terry, but he's not Troy Terry. I don't see Lou's legacy ending like that as a GM, or especially his time on the island. Having these guys from the AHL come up, the Andreoffs of the world, and end his legacy like that, I just don't see him ha- being able to swallow that pride. So it would be smart if we're not in it to do it, but I don't know what we're gonna do realistically.
2: Yeah, agreed. There, uh, Jake, you're you're one of the world's biggest Zach fans. What what would you be looking again in return for Zach?
0: Uh, if it's a third, I, I'd give him a um Emerson Scott Mayfield, Zach Parise. If it's like a fifth, and they're In the run, I would try and keep him around. Um, One, for my sanity, and two, because I feel like uh, he's a well-respected guy in that locker room, and you know, trading another, per se, locker room veteran probably isn't the best idea. But if they do get a third, that's good value for Zach Parise on an expiring deal.
2: Agreed there. I mean, a third's fine. If you get it, you get it. If not, it's like Clutterbuck last year if you're going to get mad about touch grass, because... He's done everything here on like a league minimum contract. If it isn't close, like if we get a second, obviously do it. But like if it's gonna be like a third or something, whatever. Um, next up, Semyon Varlamov. Uh kinda just has been out of the picture. Spence Roken every night for a while. Figure Varley gets one of the next two. Uh we'll see what happens there. But yeah, so Varley. Um there was probably a point where you could have got first round pick for Varley. Now I'll just say like second round pick to a team that needs goaltending. Uh, would you trade away Varlamov, or do you make another run and sign him again? AJ, what do you think?
1: Yeah, so with Varley, I get it. I think you should trade him either, not either way, I guess, but you should make the most of the asset. For him, at least, he's a backup goaltender. His value will never be higher for us. If there's a market there, of course, don't trade him for like a 4th round pick. If you can get a second and a third, you do that any day of the week. And you could live with Corey Schneider, but uh, you need to find a good backup for next season. That's the next concern, and I don't know who's out there, so we'll see. I'm not going to be too peeved either way. I would like to trade Varley, but it's also if we're out of it. Yeah, I
2: agree. Jake, you ready to move on from
0: Varley? Um, You know, it, it really... You know, depends what you get. I would like Varley back, because, you know, back where, backup goals are hard to find. Uh, I don't think Skarik, Lennox uh, are ready for next year. So i take him back for one more year. Um, but, you know, if you get a crazy offer from a desperate team, I'd, I'd trade Varley, and then you can work from there. But if you have a certified backup, you can get him back on a good deal. Um, good pals with the starter, Sorokin. Um, you know, I, I'd bring him back, so... You know, I think it entirely depends on what you could get for Varley, but, you know, if you can't get anything good, I would I would resign him because it's good to have a good backup going in this league.
2: Yep, agreed. I'm I'm kind of in the same boat where if you're keeping him, you better freaking get him for cheap for the next couple of years because um, the team is built around goaltending. And I mean, he's fallen off pretty hard this season, uh, stayed where he was last year. Hopefully he can come back. I mean, he just hasn't started like in six straight games. I can need a reminder of where he's at right now. But, you know, if, if we're going to pay Sorokin a lot of money next year, we can't have our around for, for too too much longer. Um. So we'll see where we go with that. And then kind of the final person here, Brock Nelson. I know AJ had some thoughts. Uh, if the team's really out of it, like let's say we're five or six points back and ready to tear it down, what, what do you think about training Brock Nelson
1: at this point? <laughs> here we go, my psychotic plan. So, it makes sense to get rid of Nelson, his value will never be higher, if we're out of it. The entire theory, for me at least, I don't know about you two, is these guys are only being moved if we are long out of it. Not long out of it, but it's almost insurmountable for us to come back into it. So, if we're out of it, I don't mind trading Nelson, you can get a guy, I know Phil brought up Alex Newhook, I think Alex Newhook is the perfect guy you could get a guy who's proven a good proven NHL player. I know he had a little bit of a rough patch at the beginning of the year, but he's been bouncing back quite fine. You can get him, you can get a first-round pick, and you free up all that cap space. If you want to get really psychotic here, you use said cap space and get Kevin Hayes. Uh, I'm not saying you take on that full contract, because I know Philly wants him gone, so if you can make a deal there, take on some of the deal, and get a very good offensive hockey player, and you get Alex and Hook and a first-round pick, it's a win-win-win. yeah i
2: I agree with that i think you get for brock right now it's gotta be a first round pick and a prospect so you know why not cash out now it's a great contract for two more years if you're gonna do a retool that's the kind of move you're exactly gonna make and then you know throwing kevin hayes on i'm sure it won't be popular because he kind of has a bit of a stink on his name from what Torta said about him but it's gonna be an all-star this year pretty good season for kevin hayes so i'd take him on No, no real question about that there uh, Jake, anything on trading Brock here? Or do you want to see one more year out Brock after this one, even if we're bad?
0: I agree with AJ. I mean, you got to be completely out of it to trade Brock Nelson. Um, he has a good contract, and he's a good player when he's on. So I do agree you could get good value back. Um, a lot simpler plan that's not as complex. Um, that would free up a spot for Atulatu to be up here and develop if they stank the rest of the year but I don't think that'll happen. I think they'll keep Brock Nelson for this year, and if you want to, they can reevaluate in the summer or even next year.
2: Yep, makes sense, and that, that's kind of a wrap. I mean, obviously, we, we kind of went over Bow and Bailey, but other expirings, you know, we will talk about it as it comes and we'll reassess how the team's doing uh, over the next month, but I, I feel like we have a pretty good... Hold on where we're at right now. I wouldn't, I would prefer just running it back one more year at Brock, but like, if you do get an offer like that, you kind of have to take it. Um, And that would kick off a retool that would realign the timeline. So that we're intending again by probably 2025. So kick it down a few road or years, open up some cap space, makes everything a bit more manageable. But again, as we've said in the past, when you trade Brock Nelson, you're just looking for the next Brock Nelson. Um, Wonderful Islander he is, but Okay, next uh, next up, we have our Q&A session. So earlier today, I took some Twitter kind of questions from the friends of the pod over on the Skates and Stakes account. Uh, so we'll do the usual cadence here, except the ones that wanted like you know all of us to reply to your tweets. So I'll just shout them out, and you guys could hop on it. So the first one would be realistically this from Ian, our friend Ian underscore 10 underscore 19 on Twitter. Realistically speaking, what moves do you think Lou makes? Not what you want, and then mid-season award projections. So we could do the first one. Just uh, everyone could just say like what they think actually happens. Uh, AJ, what do you think Lou actually does?
1: Beau Horvat. It makes sense. We need we need it. Uh, we can go through every trade deadline like I did before. Uh, we got Pajot. We got Palmieri. Sure, the first year we could have got Mark Stone. We didn't. We didn't trade Noah Dobson. I don't think that's a bad thing. And last year we did nothing. Uh, we were bad last year. We weren't making playoffs realistically, so I was fine with standing pat. Whenever we need the move, Lou makes the move. I trust Lou. Yep,
2: sounds good. Uh, Jake, what what do you think Lou actually does, not what you want him
0: to do? I think um I would give it to Jibo Horbat. Um, like I said a month or so ago, very familiar with talking to, um. Uh, the people at the Canucks, they've talked before. I think just the familiarity between them two, um, they can facilitate a deal, and it makes sense. Uh, if you break down the player, you can move Barzell to wing, and um, with that extension in hand, hopefully. Uh, so I do think he will eventually get Bohor back.
2: Um What I honestly I think Lou's going to do is I think he's going to do, he's going to make one fell swoop. So with the Peugeot trade, they were able to get Braden um, Coburn on the same day. With the Palmieri trade, they were able to get Travis Kajak on the same day, so I think they're going to be able to maximize the cap space and be able to acquire two players from the Canucks. Um, I still think someone else gets Horvat. I'm starting to really think that the Devils will go all in and try to do it. Um, not not Horvat. Um, the Rangers would, or a team needing a center is going to make that God offer to get the uh, get that second guy. I think like if we do go with Vancouver, it would be something more like. Maybe JT Miller and uh, Besser or Kuzmenko and Besser something like that. Um, I think I could see that happening. Uh, If we go with the Sharks, we would try to get like Timo Meyer and then like a Kevin LeBanc who can slot in and hopefully improve the bottom six or something. So I I think Lou, whatever he's doing, he's going to try to make two moves at once, which uh, will probably include giving up more assets, but it also might help the team just make immediate improvements. Kind of similar to the Palmieri-Zajac thing. But um, the second half of that question is midseason award projections. So this is fun. Uh, We actually were planning on doing a midseason podcast probably around the All-Star break where we'll check in with our picks and see how everything's doing for teams and then award projections. But let's just do the big four right now. Uh, AJ, through this part in the season, who wins the Hart Trophy?
1: Oh, for the actual NHL, McDavid. No shit. Yeah. It's of McDavid. He's the best player, uh, most talented player of all time.
2: Yep, Jake, you got McDavid too? Yep. I got McDavid as well. Uh, let's just pretend the Oilers missed the playoffs. Do you think
1: McDavid doesn't get it, or do you think he has it no matter what? The guy's going to put up like 160 points. I think he's on pace it right now. I could be wrong about that. He has 82 <laughs> points already, and we're, not, and we're barely halfway through the season. So, yeah, around 160 points, he's literally the greatest player we are ever going to see. Uh, me as in my generation. You could debate Gretzky and McDavid all you want, that's fair, I do love Wayne, uh, love the strong word he beat the New York Islanders in a Stanley Cup, but I do have the utmost respect for Wayne Gretzky, unlike some people, but I still think what McDavid does on a nightly basis is out of this world good in a better league, with all due respect to the New York Islanders dynasty.
2: Yeah, if he misses the playoffs, I think the boat might get close, just because of how hockey man brain works with all the writers um you know because how valuable can he be if he missed the playoffs but definitely getting the ted Lindsay and definitely winning the heart if the oilers are able
1: to make the playoffs so
2: that that's one
1: um Norris who, gets trophy. It then? who gets it then if let's say that they don't make the playoffs and they do that who are you giving it to Tage thompson who's also not going to make the playoffs more likely than not J, I, I i guess it's j-rob then right Yeah, it would probably probably be
2: J-Rob. That that was the name I was about to pull up to the question. Um, You know, there's there's guys all over the league, and, you know, we're still not at the midway point, but J-Rob would probably be the leading kind of goal scorer. He could still win the Rocket like that, you know, Uh, because that also takes Leon out of the voting, too. Um, So, yeah, I I guess I'd go with J-Rob at the moment. Um, No no one's really, really strong in that third-place spot, but number one right now are Connor and Leon, so... They're, uh, they're number one and number two with a bullet. Um, so Norris Trophy, who do you have as the Norris winner right now? I'll go with Jake first on this one.
0: I'm going go to go with Eric Carlson. Um, I know I said the at the beginning of the year, which doesn't look terrible. Uh, he's cooled off a little bit past month, but uh, I'd go with Eric Carlson offensively. He's putting up numbers that are pretty insane after a, a pretty big drop-off last couple of years.
1: Yep. AJ, what do you say about the Norris? Um... I don't think Dullin's really uh, fallen off as much as you think he has. He's been really good his last few games. Uh, who, what's it? Fox, Dullin, yeah. Carlson, and Morrissey. It's, they're gonna they're gonna give it to Fox. Uh, Morrissey's been awesome this year. I don't think he has the. Uh, I think he has to wait his turn to win it. Maybe I know the voters are really like strict with how they do stuff, which is really stupid. McCar has been hasn't been out of this world good. He's been I think he's at a point per game uh pace. I think he scored a hat trick the other night or at least two goals. He's incredible, but his name isn't even getting talked about this year. Uh, Dullian, I still would love to go Dahlen. I don't think he'll win it though, but that's my guy now. Can't believe it. if you would have told me that at the beginning of the year, I would have been very confused. But I'm gonna say Fox. I hate it. I want to throw up. I want to puke. But it's the Rangers. They're gonna chop and kick and leg kick for them.
2: Yep, they'll be um, you know, it's screen and Kreider cry, Band. Um, but no, honestly, I think I think you had my guy there. I think it's Josh Morrissey. Um, if they win one seed in the West, I he's like a top two defenseman point getter. I, I don't see a reality where he won't get it. If they win the West. Like if that if the season ends and uh Winnipeg's the top team in the Western Conference. If not, it's probably gonna be Fox or Carlson. Um we'll see where it goes from there carlson makes the most sense but there is also that he didn't make the playoffs aspect i know the voters care about i don't care about um but yeah then i guess the other awards would be so we're gonna just kind of shelter uh we could do the vesna quick and then coach of the year uh vesna who's your vesna pick right now mine's sorokin i'm not really gonna elaborate on it it's
1: really between sorokin and olmark uh Probably Omar, because his record looks better. I know record means shit, but the voters are going to be like, ooh, look at his record. Sorokin's a better goalie, but Omar's record's going to look a little bit cleaner because he
0: plays on the Boston Bruins.
2: Yep. Jake, okay.
0: that's not... Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with that, especially if he keeps up this pace um, throughout the rest of the season. Um, I think that's what the voters are going to go for, because it sucks. But, um, yeah, probably going to be Omar.
2: Yeah, I mean that uh, it wins and losses suck. I'm I'm just gonna hope that they're able to be a little more forward looking and give Sorokin the votes he needs because he's been a better goalie even if he's won less games, which is annoying, but it's how hockey works. Um all right, and then coach of the year, I'd go with Jim Montgomery. Um I, I don't think that's that hard of a pick. That Bruins have been great and it's a narrative award first year in his new job. Kinda makes sense.
1: Yep, right on. Montgomery it's really no other choice right now. Um, uh, I mean I guess if Lindy rough if the Devils stayed hot, but they're not going to. Uh well they didn't,
0: so Montgomery.
2: Yep. Thank you, Lindy.
0: Jake, uh best coach. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Uh Jim Montgomery's uh it right now for Boston's so uh going to have him pretty easily.
2: Yeah, and then I guess Calder would be another one. I haven't really paid much attention to the rookies this year. I just figure it's going to Beneers.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, the, who is it? Right now, I was looking at it. It's basically Beneers, McTavish, who I thought was doing better than he really was. And what, uh, Stuart Skinner, I believe, is the third guy. Logan Thompson. Is Logan Thompson still a rookie? Yeah,
0: yeah he counts it as a rookie. It feels like
1: he played a million games last year. Uh, I still think Skinner, <laughs> I think Puck Empire had Skinner ahead of him. I, I love Logan Thompson, though. It's a very good story. Good player. But it's really between the two. I uh, not Bedard. Oh my god! Next year's Calder race is gonna be absolutely incredible. I'm excited, but like Bedard's gonna run away with it. That's next year. We gotta worry about that next year. But uh, right now, it's Beniers and McTavish. It's a little bit weak. It's a little bit weak. I'm not gonna lie. It's not like the other years. Noah uh, Caprizal, Robertson race.
2: Yeah. No, exactly. It's just, it's just kind of Beniers taking it by being a point per game rookie. Um, Next question comes from at Homer Horse on Twitter. Um, As an honest Islanders fan, the 3-0 blown lead to Washington last night was the nail in the coffin on the season. I say we trade the majority of our court to the Devils and trade Anders' lead to Toronto before he leaves us like our last captain. Do you guys agree? I'm going to say no here.
1: Uh, Thanks, Tommy. Uh, First time in a long time. Good uh, Good friend of the podcast. Big Devils fan, our pal Tommy uh I maybe mean, if they want to take andres lee's contract i'm all for it it'd be really funny if they got lee because then they would literally have four guys making or five guys <laughs> like like the food company uh making over seven million so that wouldn't end well so i'm down for them taking andres lee just because it would kill their cap but uh i don't mind the devils i don't hate the devils as much as some people do oh uh, they're fun but i would not like to trade our court to the Devils. Sorry, Tommy.
2: Yep, nothing but uh, great questions and Devils fans wanting our players.
1: Um, next up comes from an account
2: called Anders Lee, but it doesn't seem to have the blue check mark or B Anders Lee. A little confusing there. Um, is that an is that a I instead of an L? That's weird. All right, um, it just says, I'm glad to see AJ with lowercase and then Jake with a capital J see the reality I've been preaching from the summer. Will Ryan be committing soon? Parentheses, BTW, LGI, let's win games, exclamation point close parentheses um so that one's kind of addressed to me um I don't know if Jake and AJ have really seen whatever this uh, dystopian reality being preached here is but um yeah I mean like again I'm, I'm just going with the team if the team's good I'll be happy if the team's bad I'll be sad and a little more pessimistic but uh, I consider myself an optimistic person so I'm not too too worried about it um anything there guys on the reality you're seeing or the, so, seeing the reality's been
1: preaching since the summer. Uh, no, he, dude, he's just chopping. Uh, good friend of the pod, Steve. But um, we were literally talking about having a full rebuild the other day. It's a little early for that. I know we talked about doing that this podcast, but I disagree. Uh, I'm still going to back the boys either way. I'm not going to go on a tarant, uh a tirade, asking for a rebuild after a loss to the Minnesota Wild.
2: Um, and final, this one guy, Ben YGI, he asked a couple of good questions. Um, he said, what moves do you think get done by the deadline? I think we kind of addressed that with most of the podcast. So if you made it this far and have any other questions, feel free to DM us, but we've kind of beat the deadline to death at this, uh, this point, when does the cap go up and who do you think the Islanders get this off season? If anyone um so that we could start there and if we don't make the playoffs do both Lou and Lambert return next year um so we'll start with the second question so when does the cap go up um so kind of Batman walked it back at the Board of Governors if you haven't heard uh Gary basically said that the cap's gonna go up by like one million dollars next summer um not the four or five million everyone was projected we're still gonna be in the cap crunch for a little bit so that a lot of teams are banking on that number going up or planning around that number going up. So that's that's kind of the big thing there. Um, I've really done a deep... So I guess the, the thing is the players are still working to pay off the escrow from the pandemic year um, for the next two or three years, so hopefully they're able to pay that off in the near future so that cap gets fully realigned and everyone's able to kind of have the cap go up by two or three million every year like it does in the video games but in reality it's been a flat cap the past couple years so we're still waiting on that to go up trade or signing this summer who do i think the islanders will get this offseason? honestly no one because no one wants to come play here i've just kind of been defeated at this point i'll get hyped as we approach the summer but like it's, it's hard for me to go out to a free agent right now and explain why they should want to play here besides the the good schools that we all talk about and stuff like that but any anyone on your mind besides Pasternak? Like I, I throw the heaven and earth to get past if we're able to clear up the space. But as of right now, there's so many question marks on the roster. I, I wouldn't even know if we could do that.
1: I would literally give David Pasternak thirteen and a half million to be a New York Islander. Uh, you could literally fuck up the entire system. Uh, the, our entire cap system. Do you have the best? uh second or third best goal scorer in hockey. On our team, he'd be the best player we've ever seen in our lives, and potentially he's. Uh, this is very rough to say the now, but he's uh, the uh, the Czech Republic version of Mike Bossy. All he does is fucking score goals. He's so good, man. He is so good. I would love David Posnak on this team. Uh, I think we'll get Horvat at the deadline, and that'll kind of kill that dream, though.
2: And uh, Jake, do you have anything on the uh, trade deadline? Any any ideas here? Or not the offseason. Sorry,
0: my bad. They're the Islanders. They're, they're going to get the oldest guy in the market, uh, which looks to be Craig Anderson. So Craig Anderson will be the backup next year. Uh, maybe Eric Stone as well. Maybe we'll get those two. Darren Ruff will be the backup goalie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, I, I
2: get it. We're, stick around to the pod through the summer. We're going to have tons of free agency stuff, and we'll know the free agent will ask through like, the back of our hand like we did last year. But... It's um, it, it is kind of brutal out here, getting guys to Long Island. And you know, if we do change a uh, general manager face, there is a reality where someone's gonna be able to recruit guys here much better than uh, you know Lou has. So that that's kind of a positive that would come out. Like we could get uh, what's Buddy's name and um, Pierre Dorian, who just like signed a bunch of guys to Ottawa out of nowhere, like got his <laughs> club root. Maybe maybe we get that guy to replace Lou. Um, but basically basically last question was. If we don't make the playoffs, do both Lou and Lane return next year? So I thought this was the best question we got asked. Um, yep. And my kind of response to this will be, I don't think Lou returns if they miss the playoffs. I think this is the last year for Lou if he doesn't get, get it done. I think John Ledecky and Mulligan have been good businessmen, but I think they know when to cut ties. Uh, they left the hockey ops to someone they trust. And now it might be time to pivot to a younger, like, You know, promising GM to take over instead of just leaving it with Lou. Um, Do I think Lane deserves a second year? Yes, I do think Lane deserves a second year. But every general manager throughout this league is married to the coach they hire. You don't really see coaches go from one general manager to the next. So I think Lane would start next year as the Islanders head coach if they miss the playoffs. But he would have a very short leash in that case. Um, AJ, what do you think?
1: You said it perfectly. I couldn't say it better myself. Thank you, sir. Yeah. And Jake, any
0: thoughts there? No. You, you pretty much, you're a genius. Sir.
2: Thanks, man. Many are saying that. Um. Just yeah, talk. but that's that's the end of our uh, Q and A here. Uh, Jake, do you want to take a couple seconds and victory lap the Giants?
0: Oh yeah, that was oof. Great game. Uh, I can't say I didn't say it coming. I don't know what my score prediction was, but I did say we we're going to win, and we did. Um, great effort all around. Daniel Jones is no only quarterback. Isaiah Hawkins stepped up. A lot of guys stepped up. Um, We got the Eagles on Saturday. Uh, I'm not nervous. I think they're frauds as well. And I think we'll win, and that'll be the end of our run. But uh, one more round. We got this. Very happy. Um, As it it is really just a building block uh, to the start of the new era and on to next year. Uh, I was very happy. Very happy with the win.
2: As you should be. Um, AJ, do you
1: want to plug socials or do we have anything else to get to today? No, I'm kind of cooked right now. I'm just going to watch some too. hockey, go to bed. But, uh, thank you guys for listening to episode 73. You can find me on Twitter, uh, myself, at Davido Hockey. You can find Ryan, at Rat Martin. You can find Jake, at PrimeJakey. You can follow the pod on Twitter and Instagram at Skates Stakes. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, hopefully things get a bit better. We do appreciate all the support we had, but we know we all want the Islanders to do well and succeed, so... Let's keep rooting on the team let's keep cheering them on no bad vibes keep up the positive energy have a good one everybody peace out